Hello, and welcome back to now episode five of the Pose Cast. We're getting up there. We're, we're we're over a month into it now, which you know, only five episodes is makes it seem like a small amount, but when you think about it, once a week, all right, we're over a month into it. So it's uh it's been a little bit now. Rabbi, how are you doing today? Baruch Hashem, good. That's two and a half hours of chat. This is true. That that yeah. Once That's we get through this chat. episode, it'll be two and a half hours. Yep. So it's Wednesday, of course. Tomorrow is Shavuos. Shavuos begins at night, and we've discussed this a bunch over the past few episodes. But we were both learning the same thing in Sota. I finished last week. You're very close to the end if you haven't finished already. Is there anything new this year that you have learned in your study of SOTA? Um, I don't know if it's new, but things that I remember, like, oh, I, I, you know, it's like refreshing a memory. You know, you don't think about something for a year and all of a sudden it comes rushing back at you. It's like, wow. So one thing I found very interesting, I think it was yesterday's blood actually, where it says that the grace of a woman is upon her husband and the chain of the of the place you live is upon the person who lives there. That's really what it's talking about, what, where the word is coming from. And I, I found that pretty fascinating. And I actually remember, I, I've told, I said this a lot to many, many people. You know, sometimes you see a couple walking down the street and, you know, you see one of the two spouses looks very put together and very, you know, presentable. And the other one looks like a, like a schlump. And you say, how did he, she marry that, you know, that schlump? How could it be? And they look, they, and they're very happy to get along with each other. It's, it's wonderful. They're, just, they're like, they're just, you know, in the great, a great couple they are. But that's just a, a, certain, a certain idea that when it's yours, you like it. You know, sometimes people wear like an old sweater. And I'm like, wow, why are you wearing that schmata? like, no, it's my sweater. What do you mean schmata? It's, it's mine. And so, the, you know, this, the idea of familiarity, which in a way is good. It could be done in a positive way. So like when a man is married to a woman, she is the most beautiful woman in the world. And because there's nothing else to consider. She's my wife. Um, I'm not, and that's it. You know, that, and I'm not even looking for something else. It's not like, com, you know, comparatively, this is the most beautiful woman in the world because it's my wife. We've had so many shared experiences. I know her so well. It goes beyond the external. It's, it's just a really deep, deep, deep relationship. So then she's the most beautiful woman that there is. And th that's a good thing. And that's that's the way we should live. You know, the famous story, I think, with, with someone came to the Magad and Rich and said, you know, how do I, I have, I have trouble, you know, coming to terms with not having a lot of material belongings in the world. And how am I supposed to be in a state of joy when I serve Hashem, when I'm, I'm in poverty? So Maggit says, go to Reb Zusha, who was a student of his famous colleague, Dr. Rebbe, he comes into him, and like his house is like beer. You know, it has, I think the story goes, he had one piece of wood that went on two, when it went on to two, two posts, it was his bed. When it was four posts, it was his table. I mean, that's the type of, you know, and he said to Reb Zusha, how, teach me how to be happy when you're, have such, you're in such a state of poverty. And Rabbi Zusha says, what are you talking about poverty? I have everything I need. So in his eyes, he's a rich man. I have, you know, this is it. I, I got what I need. So in that way, it's a really wonderful, a wonderful thing to have, to be able to look at your place 
which may be a decrepit place and be satisfied with it. But that's what you say also. I think the previous Rebbe said you have two eyes. One is to look at, at physical stuff and say, I have enough. Accepting it. Don't be critical. One is to look at your spiritual self and to be critical of it and say, I need to grow. I need to get, I have to move on. I have to keep on going, to, you know, increasing and making myself better. So that was, yeah, that, that was triggered by the, uh, by that Gemara, that was came a whole story with Alicia, where he cursed the city, whatever. That was uh, pretty profound. That's one little one little nugget there. So, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I don't know if there's a connection or not. And I imagine there is, and it's just something I haven't learned yet. But we're finishing counting up the Omer tonight. It'll be the four. It, you know, yet, today was the forty eighth day. No. <laughs> Last right? today is the forty eighth day. Today is the forty eighth day. Yeah, tonight yeah, yeah. you'd say yesterday was the forty eighth. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> today is the forty eighth day. We know how many days there are total in the Omer, and I was thinking Shavuos comes on right. You you know you have yours, and then you have your fiftieth. If if it were to continue on to fiftieth, it would be the fiftieth. Right. And I was thinking. In terms, because you know, last year was a Shemitah year, so it's fresh in the memory, right? Our our Shemitah cycle, right, is seven sevens, and then on the fiftieth, well, depending on how you count it, right? Is it the fiftieth year? Or is it the first or the next? Whatever. You have your Yovel year. So, is there some sort of a connection between a Yovel year and Shavuos? So, um, the idea of the idea of Yovel is. Called, when the Torah says, for example, um, if a person purchases an Eved, which is a servant or a slave, and 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 by a non-Jew, you keep it ad oilam. Ad oilam means like olam, means like forever. The word olam means world. It means like as long as the world exists. So what does it mean forever? It means forever, forever? It says no, it means until Yovel. So Yovel is like called olam. That's like encompasses everything. So we have to pivot now into a little bit of Hasidus, which is that f the number 50 rises above number 49, which means that we count up to 50, but we don't count 50. We count 49, then comes the 50th. So the 50th day is Shavuos, right? And we don't count it, though. Like, why not? If, if you're counting, you know, count 50 days on the 50th day, it will be Shavuos. Why, why do you have to count 49 and then after that, the day after becomes the Halakhiyantif? The, the and the answer is that 50 is the level that we can't attain on our own. So it's like you climb 49. You can even imagine, this is a visual here, you're climbing the mountain and then Hashem comes down onto the mountain. Which, you know, the, you know the question. Hashem says to Moshe, come up to the mountain, I'm going to meet you there and teach you the Torah for 40 days. I'm going to teach, first I'm going to say the Ten Commandments. Then we're going to, you'll be up here for 40 days and 40 nights. It's like, Moshe's 80 years old. Like, come on. I just walked six flights and I was huffing and puffing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so what's, it, what's the deal? Telling Moshe to schlep up the mountain. It's like, hey God, I'm not sure where you're coming from, but it's pretty high up there. Can't you come down a little bit more? What do I have to schlep up there? And you know, and and a, you know his his wife you know just imagine his wife is packing him a lunch no 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 I'm going up there I'm not going to be eating or drinking I'll be fine like so you know seriously like why does Moshe have to come up so that symbolizes the effort a person has to put in so 
we as human beings can connect to Hashem in a very powerful way because Hashem allows us to. But then there's a point that we can only go so far because we're limited people. That's the number 50. And if you look in the Midot, you have seven Midot, so seven times seven is 49. That's really the completion of what the person can accomplish. Then there comes something beyond that. In Kabbalistic language, it's called Keter, which means the crown. But I won't get into that stuff. But that's that's the basic idea. So yeah, Yovel is that, like Yovel, everything goes back to its original owner. It's like a whole new, you know, Shemitah, you take off a year from working the field. The 50th year, everything goes back to its original owners. That's, that represents that powerful place that we can't reach on our own. That's where it, um, where Hashem comes in, but only after you do, do do the best you can do, which is up to 49. And one more thing, to, just to mention that, and on the same line, Moshe Rabbeinu was buried on Har Nivo, Nun Beis Vav. Now, if you break those two word, that word into two, you have Nun Bo or Nun Boi, right? So Beis Vav means in it. What is Nun? The letter Nun equals 50. So the Moshe reaches 50 after he finishes out his, his, his whole lifetime in this world. And, and his, who is more perfect than Moshe in his life, right? 120 years, born on the same day that he passes away, 120, complete, everything's, you know, how wonderful can it be? Nonetheless, he's a human being, and that number 50 comes after he passes away. So why, why 50, right? Like, with with the so uh, with shavuos it makes sense because you know we're we're told to count right but then why is it with the shemitah cycle why is that specifically fifty like why is it not so that that might be that you know I think you, 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 if you keep you know keep them going in parallels here like why is shemitah seven seven years because you have it's parallel to seven days of creation then again so we come back to the midot again I think it all comes back like making it personal. You know, the seven emotive attributes, chesed, vurit, feres, netzachayit, yisayid, malchus. And each one is made up of each one. See, so the number seven and seven times seven is like, I think, runs is like a theme that can run through all of that. So yovel is the same thing also. That's like the yovel. Everything goes free. Free means like free, unencumbered by, by, by physicality and materialism. You'll be able to rise up to the next level. It's interesting. I, it's, you know, because I would think that there'd be any level of you know, maybe there'd be a different number, right? Where I mean, you look, would look, 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 pick any number, and we'll find something. <laughs> right, it's, right, you know? right. So you know, this. this <laughs> let me, let me, let me just throw in something. You mentioned Shavuos, so um, <laughs> I'm not sure what your next question is, but what the heck? Um, so Shavuos is like one of those holidays that no one knows what to do. What are you doing, Shavuos? Eat cheese. Like, you eat what? Eat cheese, right? Eat cheese. Yes. And, and you know, Ashkenazi Jews, 95% of them are lactose intolerant. It's like, basically, okay, let's get sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why you should eat meat instead. So actually, actually, it's a mitzvah to eat meat on Yantif. So because to rejoice, you should rejoice in the holiday. Shavuos is also time to rejoice. You have to eat meat as well, which, by the way, is also when you have that, you know, there's so many different customs about the milk meat meal. My mother, bless her memory, was so happy once in the year for Yantif, she's able to make, you know, a milk, a, a dairy meal. You know, she, I know she just liked doing that. Um, so we would have like a full bone, you know, dairy meal, and she was very happy about it. 
One of the reasons that we have um, a dairy meal is specifically to have a dairy meal and then have a meat meal afterwards. So number one is because on, on Shavuos, they brought two loaves of chametz bread, challah, whatever you want to call it. It's called matzah in the Torah. But two, there were the two loaves that were brought, the shteh that was brought on, on Shavuos was made out of chametz, not like every other time during the year. And to signify these two loaves, so if the halach is that if you have a milk meal with a loaf of bread, you can't have the same loaf with the meat meal. So you have so symbolizing you have two loaves, and the other the other reason why you have milk. But even if you're going to have a, a, a dairy meal, you have to fulfill the the obligation of rejoicing on Yom Tif, which includes meat. So some people will have a, you know have a milk a, a dairy kiddush, wait an hour, then wash make hamotzi and have have a meat milk after that. But um, so that that's the milk part of it. But other than that, it really doesn't have a symbol that's connected to it. Like Pesach has matzah, Sukkot has a sukkah lulav and esrig, Purim has a megillah, Hanukkah has Hanukkah candles, Rosh Hashanah has a shofar, Yom Kippur you're fasting, you know, wearing white. There's some kind. There's an object. Shavuos doesn't have an object. Shavuos is the Torah, and I don't know. And it's you know it seems like it's it's hard for for. You know, and and what what happens if you're if there? Are, I guess there are Jews who aren't very Torah observant. So, you know, you, Pesach is freedom, Rosh Hashanah repentance, Sukkot harvest. You don't have to be religious, so to speak, or observant to be able to connect to it. When it comes to Shul, you say, "Excuse me, are you Jewish?" Yes. When it comes to my Sukkot, sure, I'll come to a Sukkot. You want to eat matzah? Eat matzah. Rosh Hashanah here, a chauffeur. They connect, connect. Shul, come to Shul. <laughs> what are we going to do there? We're going to read the Torah. I don't know what the Torah is. I don't keep the Torah. What do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want from me? So it, it's a little bit, it, you know, but in, in, in essence, in essence, it's probably the most important holiday because that's when we got the Torah. Everything else comes after that. So we have to try to bridge that gap somehow and be able to say, yes, the Torah belongs to every single Jew. Like, the, like, like we say, Torah Tzivalana Marasha, Kilas Yaakov. The Torah that Moshe commanded us is a Marasha inheritance which essentially means that it belongs to everybody. You don't have to do anything to own it. To know it, you have to open it and learn it, but you, you own it. So interestingly, the Rebbe, back in the early 80s, the 1980s, this, um, came up with this with campaign to bring children, even small children, to shul to hear the Ten Commandments. And he said the reason is that when God gave the Torah Mount Sinai, all the Jews were there that were alive physically, and all the, even all the souls in the future are at Mantar as well. So he started this, this, this campaign. And, you know, this wasn't usual to, you know, you bring children to shul on Yontif in general, like to bring a, a one-month-old baby to shul. Actually, I saw a little clip from, from, from Jem, which puts out the Rebbe videos, where they were talking about people who were there that year, you know, and they said in Crown Heights, it was raining, it was torrential rains. And people are running down Kingston Avenue with little babies and carriages, you know, with plastic covers and this and that, you know, because the Rebbe said, bring little children, we bring little children, you know, and it's it almost like the Satan was trying to say, no, 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 we're going to, I'm going to mess this up for you. And no, of course, the Chassidim are, you know, dutifully bringing their kids to, to shul. So this became a big thing. And also for women who have small children at home that, you know, don't necessarily go to shul regularly, especially if you're not living in a place that has an Erev. Then you can't go, you know, it's 
very, very, very difficult to, to, to arrange to go to shul. But on Yontif, you could, because you can carry the baby, all this kind of stuff. So in many communities, they'll have multiple Torah readings. Again, that has to be arranged with a minion, the whole thing, but a, a Torah reading that women and little children can come. I saw in 770, incredibly, like they're having, you know, a, a women's Torah reading inside the, the shul downstairs in 770 at, you know, a certain time that all the men have to leave. I guess they'll have a, a small, you know, 10 men somewhere behind the mechitza and then all the women will be in, in the shul listening to the Torah reading. So that was Rebbe's innovation that, to do this. Now, Chaban houses who get like the orders from the Rebbe, get children into shul. Like, how do you, what are you going to tell them? Bring your children to shul. <laughs> like, why? Bring your five-year-old, all the children, win them all in shul. What are you going to do there? And why would the kids want to come? So, of course, being that there's a secondary theme, a far distant secondary, which is the milk thing. So what's, and it's springtime, summertime, it's so natural. What do you, how do you get kids to shul? Ice cream. So if it came like, if you talk to a Chabad person, they'll tell you, the minig of Chabad is to have an ice cream party after eating the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> That's how customs start. But really, if you look, if you look online, you see every Chabad house has some some version of a of an ice cream party, which brings us now the, the value of that and the brilliance. I mean, not for me to say this, but the brilliance of the Reb in doing that is to engage the children. If what is Shavuos? Shavuos is receiving the Torah, and if you want children to, to like Torah. Well, throw it, show up, throw up a nice party for them and have them in shul, make them very, very, very special. Then you have the medrash that says, when Hashem came to the to the Jews, they're like, I'm going to give you the Torah. Who's going to be the guarantor? You know, the patriarchs will be the, will be the guarantors. This one will be a guarantor. I said, no, no, no. And then we say, our children, our children will be the guarantors. Hashem said, yes. Which obviously the concept, you know, if you extrapolate that is, I'm going to give you the Torah, and, and what's going to happen with it? We guarantee that we're going to pass it on to our children, and that was, and that really is where it starts when children are young, to be able to give them that taste of Torah, and then it you know keeps them afterwards. Now, of course, we're in the college um, space, so we're dealing. You know, Rebbe would talk about children. He would say, a child doesn't. Age doesn't go according to your passports. They're called passport yarden, passport years. Passport years means how how many how, how many years you've been breathing, but real years can mean you know like what have you accomplished for your neshama. So you can have a person that's an older person that Jewishly speaking is a child. So the idea is, and so that's you know strap moving that now to to college. We have a lot of the children running around. So we have to, you know, tell them there's going to be a, a, you know, a dairy lunch, dairy buffet, delicious cheesecake, cheesecake, yada yada. Come here. To the, before that, there's the Ten Commandments. Come and check it out. So that's um, that's you know that's what happens on Shuvos. You know, it's interesting. You figure Yantif by most people's time, family time, sit around, you relax. The Rebbe made sure that we should be busy every Yantif. So sukkahs, it's like, it's, you know, you sit in the sukkah, it's outside. If you have nice weather, it's beautiful. You eat it, you drink, you sing, it's happy. The Rebbe says, no, you got to make sure every Jew you can get to makes a brach on the limb of an estrogen. You got to make sure every Jew gets into a sukkah. So you finish davening, you have a meal, you hit the streets, 
get Jews, you know, bring the sukkah there, bring them into the sukkah, do that. Hanukkah, beautiful, beautiful family holiday, sit together with your children, light the Hanukkah candles, presents, Hanukkah yell. Nope, you got to make sure every single Jew has a menorah. Got to light public menorahs. Get out and do it. Pesach, you got to make sure as many Jews you can get to the Seder. Give them Shmura Matzah. Walk around, just make sure they eat Shmura Matzah. And then Shavuos was like, oh, hey, this is like, a, you know, it's only a two-day holiday, but it's it's family time. It's not, no, get people to come to, to hear the, the, the Ten Commandments. So, you know, many Chabanas will have Minyanim just for Torah reading at five o'clock or six o'clock, knowing that, you know, kids that say are, that go to public school or adults are not going to come in the morning, but they come in the afternoon. You know, so it, 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 it and I think it inserts a whole new element into every yuntif. It's not just about me celebrating the yuntif. It's about how do I get, how do I express it and extend it beyond myself and have more people joining in? You know, you, 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 you've come with me a number of times doing this stuff. You walk in the street and you're blowing shofar for a kid who wasn't in shul rush on a morning. And you say, okay, I wasn't shul for rush on. Of course, I got a shul here a shofar. But you meet some student who, whatever, for whatever reason, and you blow the shofar for him, and they're thankful for it. It's like, wow, this is you know, this is amazing, you know. Especially, and if the kid didn't come to show for Rashi, he's not. That's not where he's at. So maybe next year he will come. Maybe you know they'll remember this. So you, you bring them in for anything. Time you get a Jew connected to anything Jewishly, it's going to touch their neshama and to touch their soul. It's going to awake some kind of spark within them, and then you know who knows where that, where that will go. So I, I have two questions. The first one is way more important than the second one. What is, I guess it's a two, the first one I guess is a two-part, so technically I have three. The first two are really important. What is, or what was, the Rebbe's favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have an answer for that exactly, but I do believe, and I, I haven't had this confirmed, you know, from any absolute authority. I think the Rebbe would eat, at certain times, would eat chocolate. Okay. So I think for some reason, I'm not, we, we've spoken already about the cottage cheese, but now <laughs> that, you know, what do we know about the Rebbe's menu? So I think there's, we can say cottage cheese and now I think chocolate also. I'm not sure at what, you know, how often or whatever, but I think chocolate was there. What's your second question? Second important co question. Co cottage cheese is a discussion for next week. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll table that story. <laughs> but but um, it is, you know, you know, Shua's time. So, you know, it doesn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it fits in. It fits in. But from, from a time perspective, we'll, we'll make sure we okay, talk we'll, about it next we'll, week. Yeah, put the, so question number two is, what is your favorite ice cream? I don't have a favorite ice cream. Oh, I see, mean, this man is so dedicated whatever, whatever to his... He's so okay. dedicated to his Yiddishkeit and being a tzaddik that he can't enjoy a single <laughs> flavor of ice cream. No, actually, I'm such a low life that it doesn't even make a difference. As long as it's ice cream, I like it. So that's <laughs> but I am easy uh, to please. What's the third See, question? the correct answer would be cookie dough. <laughs> okay. Cookie dough ice cream is definitively the best flavor. Got it. And then the, the last question is... Why? So, like, obviously, Shavuos were celebrating getting the Torah, but when we finish reading the Torah, we dance around with it and we go all across campus carrying the Torah and singing. Right. So, why don't we celebrate the Torah in that same physical manner on Shavuos? Hmm. Hmm. 
you know, here I'll, I'll make I'll contextualize it into into time. Why do what's the big celebration when when kids graduate? You just graduated from college and your parents came. I met them, wonderful people. Your sister, who I didn't know existed. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So what's the big celebration of graduating from college? You 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 prepared yourself to go out into the world, get married, buy a house, have a job. Not necessarily in that. The Raman puts it in exactly the opposite. He says, get a job, buy a house, then get married. Whatever, whatever combination, how you get those three things together. So the big celebration is when you get married. Another celebration, not as great, is when you buy a house. But finishing college, you're just like, you have all this potential, but what, what, what are you going to do with it? So in that sense, you could say like receiving the Torah, and now we got the mandate of what we have to do. We have to learn the Torah, and then we have to feel what it says in the Torah. So it does make a lot more sense at the end of the cycle of reading the Torah to rejoice with the Torah, rather than when you get it, okay, now I got it, I got to start opening and start, and start reading and start using it. So I think that's why um, it makes more sense to have Simchas Torah when you finish reading the Torah to be a time of great celebration. And it is a Yantif. So, you know, it, Yantif is, is, is Man Simchasenu, all, all the Chagim, which are in the Torah, the three pilgrimage holidays, Pesach, Sukkot, and Shavuos, are times of rejoicing. You know, this, uh, Machta, that's a, that's a, that's a ghost for all the holidays. So it, it is a happy time. It's just not that rejoicing, that outward rejoicing, but it's more like a focused rejoicing with realizing, wow, look what we have. We, Hashem chose us. This is, this is the anniversary of Him choosing us. We chosen, we choosing Hashem. So that's it. That's why it's, a more calm joy. I see. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us for episode five of the postcast with Rabbi Shmuel Posner. As always, if you have questions that you want asked, email me at s-h-e-l-m-a-n at b-u dot e-d-u. We'll see you next Wednesday, same time, same place. Have a okay. good and the, the blessing, The blessing for Shavuos that Rebbe would always say from the previous Rebbe is Kabbalat HaTorah B'Simcha U'Pnimiyot. Receive the Torah with joy, but also it should be internalized. So it's not that, which really goes well what we just were talking about. Make it internal, make it yours. All the best, everybody. See you next week.